Welcome to the Black and Blue Soccer Show uh, with Andrew and Joey. Uh, we have a quick uh, recording here for you tonight uh, in wake of Graham Potter sacking um, last night, which was unexpected to most. However, I predicted it during the game. I'd like to put that on the record. Um, I'm going to ask Joey, how's he feeling about his team right now? So, Not, yeah. Not great, but um, before we get into uh, the Chelsea stuff, I wanted to mention that um, I guess uh, Draw Castle United is no more, huh? Yeah, three wins on the bounce. But, I mean, can't ask for anything more than that. Um, we just need to follow it up with a win at West Ham. Uh, you know, if we could do that, I'll be, I'll be more of a believer. Um, you know, we'll see. I watched West Ham this weekend. They they looked like nothing, um, if not for um, a header by a Gerd, you know they would have drawn with Southampton. So we should should go into that game fairly favorites. And now that we're actually scoring goals, um, I'm pretty confident that we can get three points on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, so we're doing good. We're at the top of the table. And um, you're also at the top of the table on the second page. Oh. oh. Um, <laughs> so as a result of being um, on the second page, it looks like Bully ran out of patience with Potter and decided to go with a change. Um, so first question I have for you is, were you surprised? No, not at all. Um, in... Everything that has been going around online, it, it looked like uh, things were starting to get pretty tenuous. You know, after a coach is sacked, you'll always see um, statements about issues in the locker room and players not being happy and all that stuff. But it was getting to the point where there was that on top of audible boos from uh, the Chelsea fans at Stamford Bridge. And, you know... <laughs> fans over there can be quite uh, enticing to um, decisions being made at the uh, board level. So not surprised in that regard. I do feel like this leaves a little bit of a egg on the face of Bowley and the, um, all the owners in the board because of how they touted, you know, this grand plan of giving Graham Potter all this uh, time and everything. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, they drew a line and said that these results aren't acceptable and that's it. And I'm not too surprised. Well, historically, Chelsea doesn't give any managers any time. Um, but as I noted during the game, you could tell. I mean, I knew he was getting sacked when you went down to nothing and the players didn't even look like there was no urgency to score, no... You know, I think I commented, someone took forever to take a corner. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, so that's when I knew it was inevitable. Um, yeah, so. I, I will say in, in the second half, they, um, especially uh, Jao Felix, he really kept it up. Um, he pushed the intensity, but it wasn't by everybody. And then also some of the tactical changes that Potter made. Like, Chilwell was by far the best player on the pitch. He ended the game playing as a center back. Like, 
I mean, and then you already had uh, Reese James playing as a center back. The two like most informed attackers England that you have right back is your center back, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, once I saw things like that happening, I was like, oh, this could be, get really bad for Potter. Yep. So, um, before we talk about Liverpool, and we'll get your prediction on on that game. Um, there's two names floating around in the Chelsea universe uh, that seem to be realistic possibilities, and they have noted uh, that they do want to appoint a manager rather than wait waiting like uh, Spurs apparently are. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, so out of the two names mentioned, um, Nagelsmann, who was just sacked at Bayern, or Luis Enrique, who was let go from the Spanish national team. Which of those two do you feel would be a better? I'm gonna say short-term fit because I would. I was almost gonna say long-term building project, but there is no building at Chelsea. So, who of those two do you think can come in and and right the ship? Because realistically, you still have chance for European football next year. Yeah, uh, crazy as it is, there's still um, mathematically a chance at top four, which blows my mind. Which I, you know, that's not going to happen. But whoa, 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 whoa. When I said European, <laughs> I was talking like seventh place here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not get crazy. I know, but still, like technically, there's a chance. You know, the whole there's uh, a chance you can get relegated too. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we even get onto that, uh, let, let's just. Think about these past two weeks. Um, you had, uh, um, you know, Conte gone, you had Nagelsmann gone, and um, uh, Brendan Rodgers gone. Uh, like, th- these past two weeks have been pretty intense for coaches getting sacked. I guess it's reached that point in the season where clubs are like, you know, we actually got to do something now. Um, and then... Uh, just with Nagelsmann, I, I really like the idea of a you know young up-and-comer bring some energy. The problem is I'm not too uh, thrilled because I don't know if he can really handle like this gigantic of a squad. We know that next year it won't be as bad, but with Bowley and company, you know the <laughs> the world's a crazy place. And anything could happen over the summer. We could bring in 10 more players. Who freaking knows? And I am worried about Nagelsmann's ability to be able to handle all of the crazy shenanigans. Um, Tactically, I think he would be okay. He did seem to be lacking in the goals, which is insane to think about with all the talent at uh, Bayern. Well, Um, I did... He, he, he now he didn't lose uh, Robert Lewandowski, uh, so I mean, right, that's true. But still, like you know, world quality talent, then they didn't score as much as a lot of people would say they should have. Um, and Enrique, I I don't something about him just doesn't fill me with confidence. Like, you know, if you watch. Um, Spain 
they've always done consistently well, but under him, like I can't think of a performance where they just like really wowed me. Um, I, I mean, can you think of anything where um, one of his squads just lit it up? Um, no, that's why he's not. <laughs> that's why he's not the Spanish national coach yeah, anymore. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I was going to say something you did mention. Did you, you talked about trying to manage the squad? So, do you think that's a point though for Enrique? since he has managed a fairly large squad with, you know, some of the biggest egos in the world. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but again, on, on the national level, it's so much different. So I don't know how much that actually helps him because, you know, those are gigantic egos, but it, it's just different when, when um, players play for their country. And I don't know how well that would um, translate, but um, you know, I, I'd be willing to give it a shot because I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I'm not too thrilled with either Nagelsmann or uh, or Enrique. I I would prefer Deserby, but we mentioned before the broadcast like that, that that's just not going to happen. <laughs> you want another buyout clause? Right, it's rumored yeah. to be forty or fifty million. So. Um, I mean, Enrique had at Barcelona, I mean, let's not forget, he had uh, Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. Mm -hmm. I mean, what better front three can you have? And probably something that Todd Bully is seemingly trying to replicate, admittedly with younger players, but he has managed those egos fairly well. Um, in fact, <clears throat> actually did a little bit better than Guardiola. Um, when he first got to Barcelona. So, you know, he's not the worst coach in the world. I mean, they're somewhat similar. I feel like Nagelsmann is more aggressive. So I don't know how your team, you know, I don't know anything really about individual players on your team, if they're more suited for possession or high pressing or, you know, whatever. Um, well, I'll say no matter what, our squad is so large that a whoever coach comes in, we have the players to fit their system. Like, you know, because we just have literally everybody. Um, so no matter what, we would be able to accommodate, you know, whatever the heck system that a, a coach wants to inst install. But um, I think it would be on the new um, O- sporting directors to just decide which route they want to go and that is one thing i am kind of excited about is that they will have um the biggest impact on who is hired rather than it just being Boli and egbali the sporting directors will you know have more obvious football knowledge and be able to actually put sound reasons together in whoever they hire. So I am excited about that, but track record for Bowley so far isn't great. So who the heck knows? So uh, you said any formation, and you know, I guess I got to mention this. There is a guy floating out there that likes to play a 3-4-3. He's recently 
become available as well. Um, and he has coached at Chelsea before. Oh, no. <laughs> Any chance that um, Conte would come back? I mean, I'm sure there's a chance, but I, I would not be happy with that at all. So out of the realistic, so we mentioned the two front runners that are in the, the, the paper, you know, obviously uh, the Zerbi, I, it's like you'd have to wait till the summer unless you're like completely, that'd be the most brain dead decision I can think you could make because then you're just chucking, geez, hundred over a hundred million dollars on coaches, uh, Brighton coaches, uh, nonetheless. Um, so out of the front runners or the other realistic possibilities, who would you like to see in the dugout um, after Liverpool? Uh, I'm not excited any way about any of these options, but I'll say Nagelsmann just for the heck of like, I think that he'd be able to bring in some fire and intensity and I'd like to see, uh, you know, some actual passion from the sideline. Um, you know, Potter's a nice guy and all, but it it really started bugging me that he just seemingly, his demeanor just was like, I don't care. Like, you know, this is a game. We'll get through it. It doesn't matter. And he mentioned one thing in his press conference after the Villa loss was that, you know, losing at home is tough. When you're at freaking Chelsea, losing any time is tough. Like you, you should win every match. You shouldn't be like, oh, you know, I can win the home matches. That's good. No, you should win every single freaking match. And I think Nagelsmann would bring that type of uh, intensity to us. So, you know, and, I guess reluctantly. You know, one, one last question, I guess. Um, going back to, uh, you guys played on Saturday, or yeah, yeah. Saturday. Um, so given the effort that was displayed on the field, and as you notice, Zhao uh, Felix Aloni seemed to give more effort than a lot of, you know, permanent players on the payroll. What do you foresee happening, you know, this summer? Because you spent a lot of money on some of those guys, and some of them seem to just switch off. And I, I don't know. I, That's not a good it, sign, right? Yeah. So in theory, like he is exactly what Chelsea needs to be that creative outlet to actually um, make things happen. Like him and Enzo together uh, already, you know, the little bit of time that they've had have made a massive impact, but it just hasn't led to much. So, honestly, it's probably up to whoever the next manager is. I, if, if it were me, I would sign him um, because I just think he's a great talent and it's one of those where I'd rather have him on our roster than you know, somewhere else in Europe. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't pick him up because the, the price tag would be pretty massive. Yeah, and what about um, what about the players who seemingly down tools? Um, you know, I'm not going to say Mudrik down tools because that that was just embarrassing, and I think that I didn't think he did that on purpose. 
Um, but there has been rumors that certain players, you know, Potter's kind of a um, a nice guy. Let's put it that way. He, he, you know, you don't really yell uh, and and scream. So some players have had it easy. Um, I know you think they need to be yelled at, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, do you think they were some of these players were recruited? I mean, I know what the answer is going to be. Do you think any of these players were recruited specifically for Potter, or do you think um, these players were recruited um, by Bully? Uh, 100% by Bully or whoever in the backroom staff. The, the you know, sporting directorship and all the backroom people, they've um, each seemingly gotten to get, like, their own pet person because they've all had, you know, they, they come from all over Europe and have been uh, scouting all these people. Um, so I think they've all, like... I think Bully's like, here, here's a unlimited amount of money. Just go get whoever the heck you want. And I think that's kind of what they did. And I, I believe that Potter was like, yeah, I can work with it. And <clears throat> I think it led to uh, him having to pander to a lot of these players when in reality he should have like, you know, just set some ground rules and been like, listen, if you're not doing this, whatever the heck I want, then you're just not going to play Whereas he just kept having this like fluid uh, amoeba of players coming in and out, doing different things. And there was a reporting where the game plan that he set for the Nottingham Forest match, the players just would not, uh, you know, put out. They, they just would not do it. And, you know, if you don't have a hard line, you're just going to set yourself up for that type of stuff. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see like all the player moves going forward. Um, there's a lot of people saying that even staples like Mount are just going to be gone for purely financial reasons. Uh, even though he's one of the lowest wage earners at Chelsea. Right. The with financial fair play, since he is a an, an academy product. Any sale for him, one hundred percent of the proceeds would right. immediately offset all that money. So that that's the big thing for him. But unfortunately, you're also trying to lower the wage bill and <laughs> getting rid of someone that you could probably not have to pay crazy money. Um, although rumor has it that uh, other big six clubs have already offered him crazy money. Um, so we'll see if that, that comes to fruition or not. Um, so I'd say once we know who your coach is, I'd like to come back because I, you know, anytime there's a a managerial change, usually the players ascend and then there's players that (laughs) decline. Although with your squad, I mean, there can't be too much declining. (laughs) Um, but you know, there are players that will benefit obviously, and there are players that will lose out. And, you know, obviously for whoever takes your job, I'm sure they're going to be told you, the players that need to benefit the most are the ones that are on these long contracts. Yeah, for um, sure. So 
hopefully they catch the new coach's eye in some manner. Um, but you don't want another yes man either. <laughs> you already seen what happens with that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Um, I think, you know, as a, you know, supporter of another team, I was sad to see Potter go because the longer you had him, <laughs> right. the better our shot it was to, you know, you know, win because now you can get potentially new manager bounce. Again, the squad might listen to someone. Maybe not. Who knows? I mean, maybe they, they didn't check any of the characters of the people they recruited. Um, you know, um, but yeah, I loved having him in there and loved having Brandon Rogers at, you know, Lester. So quite, quite sad. Um, hopefully Spurs keep Spursing along <laughs> like they did today. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't get, I didn't get to, uh, watch that match. So I just checked the, the, um, scoreline after, and I, I couldn't believe it. I saw, um, two straight reds in a pin at, yeah. at like right at the end, like, holy moly. A 10 man Everton <laughs> was better than Tottenham. Yeah. That's, that's great. I mean, great for us is Newcastle. We'll take it. Um, but you know, the longer Spurs are doing Spurs stuff. Um, I hope they don't get Brandon Rogers or any coach of any ilk at all. Um, at least until the summer. So we can secure our big money uh, Champions League. Oh. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm done with uh, Chelsea. I could talk all day if um, if I were allowed to, but I, I don't want to make us go too long. <laughs> yeah. No. God. No. Just wait till you have a coach. Then we can. <laughs> then I'll ask you more questions because then you'll know like what's happening. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of feel bad for Potter. I think the players kind of let him down. Um, for sure. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Re- well, real quick, one thing on, um, the actual Villa match is one thing that like seriously blew my mind is Chelsea had 19 shots within the, uh, within the opposed, the uh, oppo- within Villa's box, 19 shots within their box, no goals. How, how does that even, like, how do you do that? Oh, as a Newcastle fan, I can tell you how you do that pretty easily. <laughs> you don't have anyone that can finish. I mean, you, you don't have a number nine. So, well, you do, but he's never playing. Um, so. Yeah, but you know, maybe, like 19 shots. What the heck? <laughs> either they're low quality or you have no finishers. And with Mudrick, we know that's uh no finishing yeah that was um, i couldn't believe that oh my goodness i i felt bad for, i actually felt bad for him yeah because um, yeah it was a great run uh, amazing and then uh and then that oh and unfortunately for him i think it affected him because after that he didn't kind of drifted him. yeah 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 so i do feel bad for him i mean he got his move to arsenal yanked out from under him goes to Chelsea and you know probably not the start he wants but he's got another what eight eight and a half years or so to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to figure it out or force a move out after 
you know, maybe a few years, someone will take him. You know, he's not on crazy wages, um, but he he can't be, he can't have another one-on-one and do nothing with it. Um, mm-hmm. so. Reminded me, yeah. uh, like gave me flashbacks of watching uh, Timo Werner, like, ugh. So, but, um, yeah. So it'll be an interesting week. We got a lot of games this week that come uh, thick and fast. Uh, each team plays twice, and you guys play tomorrow at Liverpool. Do you want to give a quick prediction? I mean, Liverpool uh, comes to you, right? You're at home. Yeah. Uh, actually, I can't remember. Um, all I know is that uh, Bruno Saltor, whoever the heck he is, <laughs> is having his uh, managerial debut. And if I give a prediction, it'll probably be like uh, Liverpool wins four nil. I'm okay. not not too uh, not too uh, optimistic. I mean, it does appear like it's at home, so maybe you get the you know new manager bounce. I uh, I I'd, I'd love to see you guys beat Liverpool or at least draw them zero zero. That'd be okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this rate, you guys would take a clean sheet, probably. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And in my dislike for Liverpool, I'd I'd love to uh to stomp on them a little bit, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. And I then, don't have faith. I I've been I've been uh, demoralized. And as usual, I know earlier I said we should go to um down to London. You know, we got quite a few London games coming up, but we play uh, West Ham on Wednesday. I know I said we should beat them easily, but I can see us getting killed for nothing, you know, because I never predict a win. So, um, yeah, but realistically, if we have any desire to be in the championship league, we will, we will find a way in that game. Cool. All right. So I think that does it for us today. Um, uh, real quick, uh, last off-topic question is uh, when when are we gonna see some more tornadoes come through? Uh we will see. Not for here, but we will see some out in the Midwest. Uh, there's a bimodal storm coming out uh, tomorrow evening um, for the Upper Midwest and the Mid South region again. So two places that just got hammered hard get hammered again, and then after that, I think long range. The weather should hopefully even out a little bit. Um, and hopefully for us, the pollen dies down. Yeah, freaking pollen. I Like, I got another daggum allergy reaction going on again. Ugh, it sucks. I hate it. I just want to play soccer again. Uh, but <laughs> freaking fields, like... Ugh. Yeah, there's still, yeah. there's still mud pits, by the way. Yeah, I know. I was out there the other week, and there was just a big. I just played around the big water puddle, but it was just, yeah, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Yep. All right. Yeah, that that'll do it for us today um, on the Black and Blue Soccer Show. As always, find us on Twitter at Black Blue Soccer, Instagram at Black and Blue Soccer, email us any questions you have at Black and Blue Soccer at gmail dot com, and I think that's it. So. Until next time, have a good one. See you later.